0: Welcome back to the Creator Files podcast. This is our third episode so far. So if you missed the last two, they give some context to what we're talking about. Ricky is doing a 30-day publishing challenge on YouTube. It's getting pretty exciting pretty fast. It is. So what day are you on?
1: Um, I believe 17.
0: Okay. And you, 17 days in a row. You missed a day?
1: I have not. Nice. 17 days of consistently publishing every single day. I had one day where I didn't publish till noon. Um... It was like, yeah, I had to finish editing in the morning. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. What time are you usually publishing?
1: Like s- 7 a.m. Okay. I usually have the video ready to go the night before um, and just schedule it for the next morning.
0: That's cool, though, because then, you know, you have it's almost like two goal posts where right. if you miss that 7 a.m. You still don't fail the challenge. Right. But that gives you incentive to to make your regular publishing. Yeah, time. it's
1: like because obviously I don't want to do that co- consistently because. I need to be able to create the content for the next day. So I I can't just plan on, you know, letting that happen over and over again. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the weekend comes up and, you know, I'm not like three videos ahead. And I think it was literally on Labor Day that I was like, I don't have a fourth video, you know, (laughs) preloaded, ready to go before the weekend. So in fact, I was editing um, and making videos throughout the weekend. So like Monday morning came and it was like, all right, I'll, I'll just finish it in the morning. And I, that's what I did. Well, good worked.
0: job. You haven't missed a day. Nope. And give us an update on how it's going.
1: Um, Really well. It's been, I guess, we'll say eye-opening. Like, I've done this before. I've yep. built channels before. But it's been a long time since I started a new channel where, like, I was really, um, really invested in its early success. You know what I mean? Um, Every other channel I've started, it, it was always just kind of with, like, a long-term Mm -hmm. idea in mind and I've known what we could do and we've had early successes and all that in the past but um this time it's been like you publish the first video and you check in like three hours later and you're like oh only one person's watched it and like it seems ridiculous like I know better I know that that's how it's going to happen and yet um just like everybody else I'm like what's you know what video is it going to be that it finally starts to something starts to really happen up. and it, it nothing like immediate is just kind of like most videos did slightly better than the previous. And then I had one that started to like consistently getting views even after the first day. And then it was actually yesterday that, um, things started to move uh-huh. <laughs> on the channel. So yesterday the video I published, and this is crazy because my video from today is one out of 10. So out of my last 10 videos, it's performing the best for how old it is. But it still only has 17 views, okay? But my video yesterday got 200 views within 24 hours. So that tells you that like, it's three o'clock in the afternoon Uh and I published at seven in the morning. By three o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, my video had 15 views. By the time I woke up this morning, it had 200. And I have multiple, um, I have two or three videos on the channel now with over 500 views. Um, I gained half of my subscribers in the last day and a half. Um, And I'm at more than 60 now. Um, I mean, it, it stopped. It was like, I slowly creeped up to 20 and then it was 30 and now it's 60. Like we're talking 20 to 30 in about a day, 30 to 60 in about a day, day and a half.
0: And this channel is so new. You published yeah. the first video. 17, oh, days,
1: 17 ago. days ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I haven't done anything other than publish. Um, the the biggest thing I've done to get it to spread further was I've, I've published three shorts. One of them, YouTube, it hit that YouTube like ceiling at like 200. Like they just stopped it way early. It's just like, yeah. and it was immediate. It was like publish, shoot up 200. It's like within 30 minutes, it's done. You're not There'd giving it more a of a chance, chance. Yeah. you know. But I'm not that worried. I'll leave it there, and who knows? In a couple of weeks, it might do its little dance again, and we'll see. But
0: right, we've seen that happen. We talked about yep. that on last week's episode. Is that sometimes they flatline for a bit, and they shoot up again? Yep. Decides to start showing them again, which is interesting. Yeah, that makes me really think about the the argument for a challenge like this, or for pushing for pushing for early success. Yeah. And I think it can really, an argument can be made for doing either way. You could say, yeah, well, you want to get traction quickly before you give up. Yeah. Or you can say, just don't give up. Right. Just know that it'll take a while, but it almost feels like every creator maybe has some mysterious expiration date where they won't be able to keep going just because they won't right. have that like mental endurance.
1: Like, if I were publishing one long form video a week, I would be it would take me 14 weeks to do what I've done in two and a half. So um Wow. Like that's a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, I get it. If you're doing YouTube and you're like, I've been at this for a year and I still don't I'm not even monetized yet. It's like, well, okay, I'm gonna have 30 videos done in 30 days. And it's <laughs> And it's doing a lot, right? It's it's basically front-loading it. I'm going to have over half a year's worth of content published really early in the beginning. And then I, I then I can move to a normal pace. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, nope, I can't keep this up. It's it's not going to work, okay? But um, I think it's also giving me a little bit of a an extra boost on YouTube because of that sort of momentum factor that we see with YouTube. When they see that something's going well, that a channel's doing well, you know, this video did well. The next video gets just pushed a little bit harder and then it does better because it got pushed harder, you know? And so as long as the videos continue to do well with the audience that YouTube understands that should be your audience, YouTube's going to continue to push it to them until you start to put out videos that for some reason don't do well. And then that momentum declines and then it doesn't matter. Your next video can be good and YouTube's just a little more reluctant. Like we Mm. see that, right? We see the momentum factor definitely definitely plays in and you know while this channel is still just tiny like i'm only excited about these numbers because for the first two weeks i was seeing double digit numbers you know on a week old video right um but frankly after running channels like we have these numbers are it's like this is this is nothing yeah but it's not nothing it's early it's two weeks in a exactly. little over two
0: weeks in mm-hmm. and you're already getting 500 views on some videos multiple videos that's definitely that's something right. to be excited about and you know from experience what that's going to yes. turn into eventually it's it I would do. be different if you thought that that's where it's going to stay forever then yeah that's nothing to be excited <laughs> about <laughs> but you know different
1: i do and it's funny like i got this comment today um of a person that's like just found your channel awesome video and i'm like you just found my channel because, like, <laughs> I just made my channel. It just started. But it doesn't look like that, right? And that's the other, I think, kind of cool um, case to be made for kind of front-loading your videos. Yeah. Is, you know, you publish a really good first video. People watch it and then they like, oh, I'm going to go check out their channel. And it's the only video. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody subscribes to a channel with one video, you know? And so it, it just takes having a little bit of a library and making a channel that looks built up
0: established exactly gives you authority it lets them get to know you so that they will recognize your face in a thumbnail later or or just have more connection with you and want to watch more of your videos exactly i mean i'm curious if that person who said just found your channel if that's the first video they watched or if they watched a couple or maybe possible yeah it was the first one but then they kept watching some more Uh which also looks really good youtube likes to see that there are a lot of benefits i think to this front loading um And yeah, I think people are going to get burnt out a little faster. Like if you do this, know that probably don't do it forever. And, and it still might not be like super rapid success just because you do a video a day for a month. I've done that before. Um, and my, it's not like I had this huge channel by the end of it. Right. So a combination of the mindset of like, you're in this for the long run, but also if you can front load and push really hard at the beginning, it's probably the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, we've, um, we've taken a little bit more conservative approach to this in the past. Um, when we started the channel makers channel, we did two videos a week for a couple of months. Um, actually, I think the first week we might've published like three or four videos. Like we had pre-made several videos before we started publishing and then we just published several and then we kept up that cadence of two, two a week Mm -hmm. for at least a couple of months just to sort of front load the channel. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it just makes a huge difference. So if you're not going to do daily, like that's okay. But you know, if your channel is looking pretty small, you know, somebody clicks on it and there's only one row of videos, you don't have any other playlists or anything else on your, your, um, your channel page, you know, build that out a little bit, right? Create some playlists, put them out on that, that uh, your channel page, but then like maybe give yourself a challenge to just Make two a week for a little while. That's twice as much content. Yeah. Twice as many chances to have a video that that the algorithm likes.
0: Yeah. yeah this is, does yeah. not have to be every single day. No. no. Twice as much is still huge. Yes. It, could make, it could make the difference between you seeing results before you give up. Yes. And I'm not like telling you that you should have a date where you're going to give up. Don't give up. But so right. many people do. They do. It's the biggest obstacle probably is just not giving up. When the growth is slow. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have the experience to say that it will keep growing, but not and everybody And most does.
1: channels are slow. Like, that's how it is. Yeah. We see those every so often. You see that, like, channel that they put out a video or two and then all of a sudden it, like, takes that off, you know, and it just like breaks YouTube. <laughs> um, that's not normal. You know, that's like that person that you heard about that won the lottery. Yeah. But your odds of having that happen to you are so slim we can't depend on that. We just have to be recognized that as content creators, this is not something that leads to overnight success, but it's it happens and it works and we do it repeatedly.
0: Right. And there's going to be so, so fewer people that actually succeed if they are thinking that it should be a oh, two, three video overnight yes. success thing. Yeah. If that's what you think is normal, then anybody is gonna give up. You're gonna make three videos and think, oh, well nobody likes my personality or it's my topic is stupid. And that's a shame because it's so many channels. It took them forever to grow. I mean, look at almost any big channel that you enjoy. I bet you, I bet you nine out of 10 times, their channel's pretty old and probably their channel didn't start getting traction for six months, maybe a year, maybe two years. I'm always surprised to see like, oh, I hadn't heard of this channel before. And sometimes I think it's new. And then I look and it's newly growing. But if you look back, it took them a long right. time before they got traction.
1: And some of those channels, they unpublish their early videos because they're embarrassing to them. And mm-hmm. and so the channels don't even look as old as they really are. Yeah. I mean, there was this kid years ago named Jimmy Donaldson who like made YouTube videos for years, a long time before anybody ever heard of Mr. Beast, right? That guy spent years, like, really learning YouTube. He's he's earned his position. <laughs> um, and, and you know, we don't all have to do that, right? Because people have kind of figured it out. And now, like, YouTube themselves are kind of telling us, like, here's some things you could do to improve. Um, they're, they're making it a little easier on us. So just, you know, stay the course.
0: Yeah. Okay, so our actual topic today is <laughs> how to, um, for each step, of the process of making videos, how to simplify it mm-hmm. and systematize it so yeah. that you can sustain it, especially <laughs> with a crazy publishing schedule like yeah. Ricky's doing. I think you're gonna have some awesome insight. Um, and a lot of this you've known for a long time, but it's I think it's gonna be fresh for you because you're doing yeah. it right now and maybe even learning some new things. Um, so let's start with basically the very first thing, which is ideating videos, coming up with ideas, and deciding which videos you're going to make. Yeah, part
1: of it, like, the ideating has actually been really easy right now because I'm publishing every day. So I'm kind of, like, living my topic, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be because I'm constantly doing all of the steps. I'm preparing videos, I'm filming videos, and then I'm editing videos all at the same time, always. So um, it's actually been really easy to come up with ideas because... It's like, oh, I'm making one video and it's like, oh, well, there's this other aspect of this that, well, that would be kind of confusing if you didn't know this. And so then we, you know, and my, my wife's kind of helping me with all this stuff too. So we're just like, we're talking about things and um,
0: interesting it's just
1: like, oh, you know, that'd be a really cool topic. And oh, you should go, you should go make a video about this. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that's a video. Maybe that's something I mentioned in a video, but um, the for systematizing and simplifying that process there's, first of all, there's nothing better than just like actively doing the thing that you're making videos about. And if that's something that you're participating in, ideas are going to come. It's more about having a way to capture them and organize them. So I'm using the exact same system that we use for channel makers, income school, um, for all of our videos. So I've got, it's, I'm using ClickUp. Um, and when I have an idea, I just open up the app and I just add another idea to the bottom of the list, and it doesn't. I don't have to have any concept yet of like what I'm actually going to do in the video. It's just mm. here's the idea, and just capturing it. So for years, what this looked like for for me and um, and Jim when the two of us first started, it was we had a note that we shared between us on the Notes app on our iPhones, and it was like you had an idea, write it down. Cool. Sometimes it was a concept for the topic of a video. Sometimes it was like a concept for a silly intro for a video. And every now and then we'd have a silly intro and it was like, well, what topic could go with that? And we'd match them up, right? But uh every time we had an idea, it's it was it's all about capturing it. Um I just think if you're living your topic, that's gonna happen naturally. Before I started the challenge, I did have probably 10 ideas just kind of listed. Yeah. But that was really just like a probably a 30 minute exercise of like what would be some of the easiest videos to make that would have reasonably broad appeal within my topic?
0: Right. And I'd hope anybody could come up with at least 10 to start off with before you start your channel. If you can't even come up with 10 right off the bat, you might need to rethink your topic or your angle a little bit. So yeah, get those first 10 and then just making videos and don't forget to pay attention to other ideas and record those ideas and organize those ideas. And I think That is so interesting because a lot of people do feel like they don't have ideas or they're out of ideas, right? But you know, you're noticing that when you're doing it all the time, the ideas just come naturally. You don't have to worry about it. You're saying, Oh, it's, it's easy. Some people don't feel like it's easy, but if you just start and you keep going and keep immersing yourself in your niche, right, then you don't have to worry about ideas anymore, which is (laughs) awesome.
1: (laughs) And like, one of the things that's helped me a lot with ideas is just recognizing that um, I have a tendency to over-explain. I have a tendency mm-hmm. to share a lot. And so then I end up with these really long videos. That's always been the case. And so when it's when it it has to click and re-click and re-click, like I haven't just like learned this lesson, but whenever it clicks that I don't have to say everything in one video, like that's too much, then I realize like, oh, well, this whole concept I wanted to make a video about, it's actually three different videos. That makes it a lot easier too. Yeah. Right. I'm like dying to talk about like what the topic is, but we're keeping it totally organic for now. So we're not releasing it. But another thing that helped by only having about 10 is I had one early video that just was outpacing some of the other ones. And it was like, Hmm, I'm a little surprised there was that much interest in that. Okay. Well, I was planning to make a couple more videos on that topic, but Let's kind of make a whole series about it. Yeah. And I'm just sprinkling those in throughout like, oh, here's kind of the next step in this topic, in this sort of like process I'm going through. Right. And so I made a second one. Well, the second one was the video I put out yesterday that took off, Oh, um, took off. I'm, I'm using air quotes now. Took yep. off. For this channel, it took off.
0: It did. <laughs> um,
1: and very similar to another video I made, but but different, right? And honestly, like that video, I'm surprised it took off because it was, it's kind of long. I felt like my edit was rushed. I ran out of time. I couldn't put as much cool stuff into mm. it. I didn't trim it as short as I'd have liked to get it. But also, like, it was a little bit more raw. I was a little bit more just like me. My personality came through more. Um, I have kind of dad joke humor. <laughs> so, like, that came through. And my wife watched it and texted me and was like, that's my favorite video so far. I was like, "Really?" Because
0: I love how we can't see that. No. I've done the same thing. It's <laughs> like, you sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I don't think anybody will agree with you. Well, apparently they did.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're too close to it to see that. Yep. I've had the same thing happen where I think like this is yeah. this is a throwaway video. Don't almost. overthink it. <laughs> yeah, and then it ends up being a great one. So that so I have another question. Yes. For you. So let's say you have your whole idea list that you've been compiling and then like you need another video idea. So you go to that list and you look at each one and it just kind of feels like, well, I can't do that one for this reason, or I could do that one, but I wouldn't really know how to package it or how to deliver it. Or, okay, I could do this third one, but I don't know if anyone doesn't even care about that. Do you ever get that where you look at your idea list and just, yes, you technically have ideas written down, but none of them feel worth doing?
1: Yes, and for lots of different reasons. So a couple of days ago, I got to the point, it was really over the weekend, the long weekend, mm-hmm. um, I'm coming out of the weekend and I'm like, I have almost nothing recorded um, and I need to keep publishing, right? So I had a couple of videos that I'd been putting off editing because they had way too much footage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I have had a little bit of help with editing, right? So I gave one of those to Andrea. Um, she's done, I think four now of the okay. 17. So I said, I'd do at least half. I'm well over that. Um, I gave her one of the long ones. <laughs> I'm going to take the other one to be nice. fair. Um, but then I was like, if I'm not going to have anything else to give her or to edit for myself, if I don't just get going. And I looked at my list and there were several on there where I was like, for that one, I need just a couple things, not expensive things, but a couple things I need to order on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for this one, uh, I could probably find those at the grocery store. I guess I need to go to the store, you know? And, and you know, and it was, it, there is some of that like second guessing where you're just like, I don't know if this video is worth it. But usually when I say, I don't know if it's worth it, it's often because there's some barrier to filming it. And so saying, oh, it's just not a very good idea is a lot easier excuse than saying, I'm feeling kind of lazy right now and this feels hard. Yeah. You know, and like more often than not, it's there's something that's about it that's just there's a little there's an extra step that has to be taken. I can't just go film it right now.
0: Interesting.
1: So literally this week, I just like I went to the store and bought a couple of things, ordered a couple of things on Amazon. They were here within like a lot of them were here the next day. Like it wasn't a big deal. And literally today, I filmed three videos. Like I just came in this morning, and in a cup, two and a half, three hours, I filmed three videos. And now I'm good to go for a couple more days. I can't stop because I'm going to run out of videos again by the weekend if I'm not careful. But, um, you know, I got the things I needed to be able to do probably five or six of them. Um, And I'm just going to keep cranking them out. So I think we just have to evaluate, like, why do I not like these ideas? Mm. Is it really because I don't think there's interest? Or is it because um, there's just a couple of hurdles I need to overcome? And... um, When we see those hurdles, it's like, okay, but what does it really take to overcome these? Yeah. Like, I'm going to log into Amazon real quick. I'm going to order these couple of things. I'm going to run to the store. Or like, sometimes it's, I'm just going to take the 30 minutes I need to think through this and really outline it. Right. Um, There are so many times I've put off filming an income school video or a channel maker's video because I'm like, I need to think through that one a bit. And then when I finally do, it's like 30 minutes. Yeah. It's like, come on. But I've been putting that off for a week and a half. Like I just should have filmed it.
0: You can't see the ideas that you don't have yet that you right. haven't. If you haven't sat down to think about it, you can't see what you're going to come up with. So it feels like yeah. you're n- you're not going to come up with anything. Right. But usually, if you just get some quiet time and sit there for a second, yeah, things will come. I think that's why you're good yeah. at this because you're really <laughs> good at just getting things done. I've noticed around here you're it's, so fast at oh something needs done you just you order it you fix it you whatever needs to be done.
1: The problem is though that sometimes I just get fixated on like the things that. I kind of want to do so it's like oh that kind of that's been needing to get fixed and kind of feel like doing that kind of work right now so go do that oftentimes i'm also putting off something else (laughs) that i don't feel like doing Uh so there's there's a bit of that too but um you know to your question there are some times though where i'm looking at the idea list and there are some ideas and it's like nope i don't actually really ever want to make that video Hmm. like even if i had all the materials like i just don't i'm not feeling it it doesn't fit with me and i think in that case like it's okay. It's okay to just remove it from the list. It's okay to look at it and say, maybe there's a different angle. Maybe there's, you know, maybe the topic's fine, but the approach I had to it is is wrong. Um, or maybe I just need to throw it out altogether and just, you know, I need to spend five, 10 minutes just ideating again.
0: Yeah. And which makes me think based on everything you've said just now is sometimes when we're looking at our big list, we're looking at it with this really big, like bird's eye view yeah. of these, all these ideas and none of them feel very good. But I think if you're looking at one idea, you just pick one idea and really look at it closely and honestly uh-huh. and say, is it supplies that I need? Is it that I need to take a second to outline it? Or is this genuinely something I don't wanna do? Then you can go through each little idea and figure out which ones to keep and which ones to either wait on or never do. Yeah. But when you're looking at the whole list and you're saying, oh, eh, no, that's feel very good. That's just a trap.
1: Yeah, totally. And one reason I think this happens is we create a big list. Mm-hmm. And then when we go to work on videos, our minds like push our eyes to those topics we're most excited for mm-hmm. and the videos that we could just like, I could just go film that right now. Oh, and yeah. so we take those all off the list and then we're like, okay, cool. I need another video. I have this huge list. Everything feels wrong. It's like, that's because all the easy stuff and all the exciting stuff you already took. Yeah. Like, so one way to help avoid that is like mix in the hard stuff too. Mm. Um, For years with income school, I mean, we would have these lists and certain video ideas that seemed like great ideas. We kept putting them off. And sometimes it's because there was a three month case study needed to be able to make the video. Yeah. So it's like, well, I can't make the video. Without doing the case study, but I'm just going to do a different video right now because I need a video right now, not in three months. Right. Um,
0: so you have to take time, right? And maybe work on some video simultaneously sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. And honestly, like with case studies, there's nothing wrong with like turning that into a good story and doing a little bit of filming on it now, and maybe even breaking it into multiple videos. Like sometimes I think we just had this mentality that like one topic, one video, and People will follow you through a journey Hmm. if it's compelling. So I think there were times where we just maybe got a little myopic and just were like, oh, that's going to be one video, but it's going to take three months of work. So we just don't do it.
0: Right. But then it builds more loyalty and also people watching multiple videos. They're more likely to watch multiple videos on your channel, I think, if they want to see the end of this story that they've already experienced part of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And turn it into a, a little playlist or something. So, or, you know, or make a chain of videos. So it's easy for people to, if they find one, to recognize this is part of a series.
0: Yeah, it exactly. Works. And yeah, mentioning the watch next, if you can know ahead of time that you're doing this, absolutely yeah. say that the next video is coming, you know, watch it here when it releases or add the cards. Totally, yeah. Don't forget that step. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, when you publish the next video, this is where a tool like ClickUp is really helpful because if we're like, Okay, I'm going to do this case study. I can, I can see three videos here. You know, one where I'm kind of launching it and maybe sharing my hypothesis about what's going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another one where I'm like in the middle of it and another one where it's results, right? So there's three videos. Okay, those three videos are now in my plan. I'm going to put dates to them. Like we never used to do this, but now like we have a system for this. And so it's like there's dates associated with them. I can put in the notes on the second and third one, you know, um, when this is ready to publish, add a card to this other video, you know, and we can have that information there, those tasks to check off. And then you don't miss that kind of stuff. But most of most of us are not that organized when we're just like a solo YouTuber. Um, It feels like a lot to set up. But the more you can kind of keep a little bit of organization to what you're doing, the easier it's going to be to do that the hard videos and the ones that take longer.
0: Yeah, and ClickUp's a great option. But There's yeah. a lot of options for this. And I think the key thing is dates and just, yeah, like little reminders and more information in the card because yeah. you can use a notes app to record all the ideas and yep. it'll be fine. It's more important that you make content than that you have some fancy system. But it, yeah. there are a couple little things. You can keep it simple. Ours is arguably getting less and less simple because we think, oh, we need this thing we need this thing. I think this would be
1: helpful. But I think it's partly because we're really customizing it to our need. Yes. Um, I think that it could be simplified for kind of general use.
0: Totally. And we're, we're making it more elaborate as we go, as we yes. notice something we need. Right. We're not starting with it super complicated. At least that was the, the intention was to start with it as simple as possible because we right. don't want things on there that we don't use. And even some of it we don't use. So I'm going to, go through one of these days right. and take and the things the off. the things that we, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the dates are really helpful, especially I think for those things like the three month video, uh-huh. you can say, okay, well I'm publishing that, you know, you pick a date that you're going to publish that and then think about how much of lead time you need. And then maybe you have a published date and like a start date of I need uh-huh. to start working on this video filming or um, gathering the data or the resources or whatever I need right. on this other date. And then, hopefully you can manage multiple videos at once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clickup's awesome. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of, we're getting into planning, (laughs) meshing planning with ideation, which is natural. Are there any other things on planning that you think make it easier, simplified or systematized to make it easier? Uh,
1: I guess a couple of things. One is I don't script videos. Um, some people do. I don't, um, I've, I've just noticed that when people script videos, the tendency is to be kind of flat. Um, it's hard to be as um, emotive to really like display your emotions. Mm-hmm. And on video, it's like, you kind of have to exaggerate your emotions for anything to come through. So when we're reading off a script, even if you're pretty good, like we just don't tend to emote nearly as much.
0: Yeah, it, it looks like people are falling asleep. Right. It's so oh, yeah. weird. And it's not just you. Like I used to think, that it was just me that, oh, I think I'm being boisterous, but I'm clearly yeah. not. But it's so weird because watching other people film when you're in the room with them, you think that's pretty good energy. And then you watch it, you know, um, it wasn't yeah. even me. And I watched on camera. I'm still a third person <laughs> viewer. It should be yeah. the same. And I realized they look like they're falling asleep. What is going on here?
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It's really crazy. So yeah. it helps with the planning though, because then it's just like, you know, it's for information for me, it's, it's just bullet points, right? Like these are the main points I want to get across. And usually like if you can boil it down to one main thing for them, Mm -hmm. what is their takeaway? If they watch this video, this is how their life is better. Then break that down into like, okay, then what are the specific things they need to learn? And then cool. Now I'm just going to go through and give that to them. I think the next step would be like, okay, well then how can I craft a video that, that has really good movement that has like, that is very engaging because it's constantly like moving forward. I think that we, we could really improve there and I don't really, I don't know that I have that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and I'd love to do better at that. It's mostly just because our experience is very much with informational videos. Um,
0: yeah. And you, you, that's very much your personality. I've seen that where you have all this information, you know what they need to know. It's like, I'm just just giving it to you. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Yeah. And it helps that
1: I think like, I'm excited to share that with them. So the energy comes through. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like if I could, if I could pull them through a story that gave them the information, it would be better. Mm -hmm. Like my YouTube idol is Mark Rober. He's just like my favorite. I just think he's awesome. Um, But he does that. Like his video isn't like, Uh, here's how to build robots. It's like, I made a glitter bomb that like opens and, you know, sprays fart spray all over the place, (laughs) like military grade fart spray (laughs) and the world's finest glitter. And by the way, it has four iPhones in it so that I can capture every angle, no matter how they open it. And um, it's just super awesome. And by the way, I upgrade it every year. Like, but I'm learning cool stuff, but literally my son comes home from school This was yesterday, and he's Mm -hmm. like, Mom, can I watch Mark Rober? You know, it's just like, (laughs) it's just, that's what he wants to do because it's so engaging. Wow. Because it's a cool story, but like, he's not directly teaching, but my kids are like gleaning stuff from it, and they're getting excited about technology and cool things that can be done and physics, and you know, we do, we do his crunch labs. Like, we literally, like, we pay for a subscription box because it's that cool, And there's a 20 minute physics lesson, but it's taught by Mark Rober. So it's exciting. Yeah. You know, and um, I just think he does that in a really cool way so that people learn even if they don't necessarily feel like they're being taught.
0: Yeah. Um, I think so much of that is kind of on a subconscious level.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: if you're not in this every day. I, I fear that a lot of creators think, well, I just want the information and my target audience is people like me, yeah. so they don't need all that fluff. They just need the information. You might be surprised. Right. You might be surprised that the videos that you click away from are just not well paced enough uh-huh. or they're not, you know, even if you're thinking you're not going to YouTube for entertainment, you're more likely to stick to a video that has good pacing and good visuals and is a little bit funny uh-huh. and so will your audience. It doesn't, right. it's not an either or. It really isn't. And just don't make the mistake of thinking that you can get away with only one because especially when the competition is likely doing both, you don't have a chance. Even if there is some very small segment of your audience that really doesn't care about the entertainment at all, that's going to be so few people that your videos aren't going to get shown to anybody. So uh, the more you can mesh them, the better.
1: And I don't necessarily think that we all need to push totally toward the entertainment where the information is only like gleaned. Yeah. Um, there is something to be said for creating content that will rank in search for specific things. There are a lot of videos that I've put out where like if somebody does a search for how to do something, my video will show up. And just because I have so much experience with this, my video is gonna be more engaging than most people's really dry tutorial. And so mine will end up doing better long-term. And so there is something to be said for creating content that can win those searches and just being really engaging with it. Yeah. I just would those kind of videos aren't the kind and not that I'm seeking for this but those are not the kind of videos that will ever spread the way that a Mark Rober video will spread. Yeah. I'm not shooting for viral videos but like these are not the kind of videos that are going to get 12 million views. It's just not going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah, and that and that's okay too. You don't yeah, have totally. to have a huge audience. So
1: it can be a totally different business model.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned another thing on the planning is you said Having like, what's the main takeaway? Mm-hmm. And I think this is such a good way to simplify that storytelling process, um, and also make make the video like really engaging. Because we even have in our ClickUp a, a little like reminder. It's basically just a like a little header that says, mm-hmm. "What is the main takeaway? What is the main idea of this video?" Because even though we know this, so often we're just like, we need this and this, we need this, and they yeah, need to know we just this. Fill it with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, which is good, and then. Often we use that stuff to keep the pacing good, mm-hmm. but we want there to be one main takeaway. We don't want there to be too much. It's almost this idea of if they walk away from the video and someone said, what was that video about? They should be able to tell them in like one sentence. Right. Not like, oh, let or me watch like it again. at all, right? They should yeah. be able
1: to say like, well, it was about this one thing. It, it shouldn't be like, well, "What was that about? There's so much stuff in there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it takes a focus on really driving that one point home. And so then you kind of naturally think, okay, well, how do I make that point? Do I need a visual that pairs to really make that point more impactful? Do I need an analogy? Do I need other examples that all lead to that one point? It kind of just naturally helps you to make a more coherent video, I think.
1: And it allows you, like, if you are thinking about storytelling, it allows you to build your story plot to climax at, like, that main point, right? Yeah. If that's, like... The central focus that's going to be the part that your whole video builds to and then if people drop off after that at least they got that right yeah but they're going to be a lot more likely to stay through more of the video um i do think that we can build tutorial videos in a way that's kind of like that it's it's a little bit hard i'm thinking about these how-to videos i've done in here where it's like well the main point is for them to learn how to do this skill and it took eight minutes to show them the <laughs> skill right like How do I make that my one main point? But it really is like, that was the main point. And it's a built-in, it's a little bit of a built-in story. Like, not as much of a story, but it's got a built-in plot line. And the biggest thing there is just like making sure that the pacing is really good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've filmed some where like I'm doing the explaining as I'm doing the thing that I'm trying to show them. And what I find is when I do that, I, I use a lot more words. I... When I'm doing something that's really repetitive that I could have either cut out or sped through, so they could see it, but I could do it at like eight times speed. Well, except that every three seconds I interject it with some other thought, you know, and so then I can't really speed it up, and then it ends up dragging out. It's like it's almost better if either I separate and do the instruction, the vocals separate, or if I can just remember. And this has been really helpful because I've gotten to do it so many times in a short window of time, but. Mm It's been really helpful. It also speeds up the editing, which we haven't got to yet. But um, if I just remember to keep the instructions to really specific spots and not wow. talk while I'm doing a repetitive task, smart. So that I can keep the camera rolling if I want to, but then I can speed it up and not worry about oh, did I say something important in the middle of that like repetitive task that now I'm going to have to slow it down? Or um, I've also right. a couple of times I've taken the audio. From like the middle of a repetitive task moved it to the beginning of the repetitive task because like my face wasn't shown I was showing what I was doing mm-hmm. and I just move the thing I said to the very beginning <laughs> and then um and that way it, I don't have to break up the sped up parts yeah if that makes sense yeah
0: and then the pacing's good
1: yeah it, it improved that but it was more work it'd be easier if I just remembered say this the stuff you want to say while you're doing the the important thing. And then as soon as you get to that repetitive portion, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And this, I think people don't do this very often. And I imagine it's because it feels like it'll be a lot harder. Yeah, But if you like you said, you've had to do it a bunch, I imagine it has, it ends up being so much easier mm-hmm. in the long run once you get in the habit of it, because then the edits are easier. You need fewer videos. Like there's something to be said for that 80 20 principle sort of of the 20 percent uh-huh. that gets the biggest results yeah even if the production's a little harder if it's going to do four times better than the video would have otherwise done and you need four times less videos if you do them like this then that's the kind of thing that's probably worth it and not yeah. terribly hard right so yep. it's um, important for people to really consider doing this <laughs> we've noticed so many channels that could be doing this that don't yeah. give it a try yep. all right um set up
1: Yeah, set up. One of the things that's helped me a lot is uh, for the actual filming, batching things as often as I can. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I filmed three videos this morning. It it was pretty easy. Like for all three, I had the light and I had two cameras and I had them set up exactly the same way. Um, In between each one, I took the memory cards out and got my files off. Um, After the second one, I swapped out the batteries. But like the setup was done. It was just it was just done. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're doing stuff at home, especially where it's like the space that you're using is where you also live. This is particularly important. Um, It's, it's really the biggest barrier to filming is oftentimes the setup. Um, And so if it's like, Oh, I got to clean up the house again and then I got to go get the light out of the closet and then I got to go get the camera out and then I film for 15 minutes and then I put it all away. Um, too much. You're you're just just not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like, okay, well, here's my ideas list. I have three videos on this list that should all be filmed in the same location. Um, okay. So do I have the materials I need? Do I have everything I need? Okay. Let's get all that together. And then on this day, cool. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm going to film three of these. Even if you're only publishing one video a week, like, cool. Like now you're ahead on the filming side that's, that's even better. Yeah. Um, batching is just one of the best ways to do it. Uh, if, I mean, if every video is in a kind of a different location, then, um, like if you have an outdoors channel and you, you're out and about doing different things all the time, like you're not setting up a camera and standing in one place, yeah. this is a little bit different. So then it comes down to just knowing your equipment, what you need, what you use. Um, and then getting the equipment that you need to keep it as simple as possible. Right.
0: Okay.
1: Um, if I, if I do a lot of hiking videos, it's like, all right, well, I have two action cameras. One goes on my backpack strap. Uh, the other one, you know, whatever. It goes somewhere else.
0: <laughs> but it's the equipment you're used yeah, to it's like, and you're getting familiar with it instead of exactly. trying new stuff every week.
1: Totally. If it's just like, well, I've never done drone stuff uh-huh. before. Why don't I get out the drone this time? And then you spend 45 minutes like figuring out the drone and then the batteries are dead, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you just wasted all that time. Yeah. Uh, get to know your equipment and then just know what equipment you need for what shots and what shots are you going to do for this video. And then you, know, you can just make it happen. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more about just knowing the equipment and, and having the right equipment for whatever it is you're going to film. Um, and, and making a setup that keeps it as simple as possible. Yeah. So like, um. For terrain treaders, we, we know we're gonna be doing some off roading stuff. So I got this like super strong magnet that like sticks on the side of your car and then um has an attachment with like an extension arm to be able to put an action camera on it, right? It's pretty cool. So it's like super easy now. It's not like oh we gotta, you know, the suction cup thing's not sticking today. <laughs> it's like no, just wow, it's on the side of the car, put the camera on there, hit go, and we just start driving down the road and we're good. Yeah. Um you know and it wasn't expensive, just get the things that are going to make your life as easy as possible,
0: yeah. Yeah, keep that in mind when you're buying gear. Is like for most people, the biggest barrier to succeeding on YouTube is not making enough content and not sticking with it, yeah. And so, just make it easier on yourself, yeah. of course. You know, price is going to matter too, sure. Um, and quality, get quality stuff, but yeah, if, you, if you're trying to decide between two things and one of them is going to be more simple, yeah, pick the simpler one,
1: simple over super cool because super yeah. cool is usually complicated and has a learning curve and unless you have time to invest in the learning curve you're never going to get to super cool so save super cool for a little bit later when you've already achieved some success and you know you're going to stick
0: with it absolutely don't overestimate yourself of like you're yeah. you're excited about it when you make the purchase when you're looking at it online yeah. it's exciting but think about it's future you really going to be willing to mess with that At six in the morning when you're outside trying to film and you're just trying to get this video done so you can get on with your life. Yeah. Okay. Um, recording, you mentioned not scripting, which Uh is huge. Right. Any other or any more on that?
1: Um, you know, in addition to, to just the not scripting, I would say, uh, it's good to have to at least like think through like what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, I think you can waste a lot of time hitting record and then, you know, you kind of get to a point and you're just like, Oh, no, that's not quite right. And then mm. like, oh, I'm going to start over. Yeah. Um, and so at least like think through it, but then beyond that, beyond that, it's like, don't, don't expect total perfection. So I think one of the big mistakes people make and this is totally normal, especially if you're fairly new to this. And so you're feeling really self-conscious every time you're in front of the camera, it's like, Oh man, people are going to see this. It's gotta be really good. And so like you do a take and you get four minutes in and you're like, Oh, I really don't like that. And then you go start over. Uh, and then we do that again and we do that again and we do that again. And then it's like, I guess I'm just going to script it now. Uh, it's it's like, no, just when you fumble or when you feel like, you know, "Ah, that's not quite going right. Like, all right, cool. Like, if you need to pause for a second, it's okay. We can edit that out, um, and then just carry on and let's get through the video, right, all the way to the end. I would say if you if you are struggling with this, start at the beginning of a video and don't stop till you get to the end, even if you hate it and you're gonna reshoot the whole thing, do an, a complete take. That way, you've at least practiced it all once. Yeah. And and then do it a second time if you need to. That's fine. Um, and. The reality is that this is YouTube, it's not mainstream media, and the expectation people have is very different. It's not that they expect a lower quality, it's that they expect something that feels more real. And so I was literally just watching a video um, from Hillier Smith, and he was talking about this. He's like, mainstream media, like they don't do jump cuts. On YouTube, Like jump cuts can be used to help keep the pacing going, yeah. and to snap people's attention back to the video. Like, it's okay. I was just telling someone yesterday who was like, I'm editing a video and it's it's kind of hard because there's a pause in the video where you went back and then you kind of repeated it because you fumbled the first time. Mm. But the second time through, your body positioning is differently. So it kind of like, it's a little jarring. I'm like, okay. so Yeah, <laughs> just like do that. Go with it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's okay.
0: People are um, really used to it. It's yeah. a jump cut. They're not used to, like... You're not trying to hide it completely. People right. don't even notice. Uh-huh. It's funny. I've noticed um, some people in the older generation, they don't even realize that there's cuts. It's like they're so used to jump cuts that they don't realize that there was a cut there. Yeah. Until you point it out. That's <laughs> interesting And to me.
1: sometimes like, sometimes I'll hide them with B-roll. Yeah. If it's one that looks really awkward. Yeah. Um, You're just like, oh, that was weird.
0: Or too many. You can't or have a so, million yeah, right around. There's yeah. so
1: many. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got a bunch of cuts here um, if it's a jump cut that is obvious and we want to snap people back, one thing that he said in his video that I totally agree with, I do this too, is you, um, you actually shorten the pause shorter than it would be natural. So like if I end one sentence and then start the next and there's a jump cut in between, I'm not going to leave the normal, like one and a half second kind of pause Hmm. between sentences. You'll actually kind of trim it a little shorter. And he'll do what's called a J cut where the two audios overlap just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so like one word ends and the next one, it's like immediately starting. And that gives that jump cut effect, uh, a, a stronger sort of pacing and momentum. Like it pulls you back into the video, um, even more so. But if it's one I'm trying to hide behind B roll, then I'll try to space it so that it sounds as natural as possible. And then either I'll switch to a second camera angle that's just looking at, maybe what I'm demonstrating, or if I have some B-roll and I just show that instead over the top and you can't even tell that yeah. there's a cut at all. Like those ones I totally and completely hiding.
0: Both well, of those you strategies are good. Yeah. yeah, And I think the, the overall point is that it doesn't matter what they think of you. You can't get so caught up in, oh, they're going to notice that I fumbled. Well, okay. They're not going to probably think that you don't know the topic just because you fumbled on camera. Right. If, if we get so caught up in like, how do I look good? Like I was able to, do this all in one take and and great public speaker. What you should be thinking about is what experience are they getting? Is this yeah. jarring and awkward and gonna take them out of the moment of what they're consuming? Mm-hmm. The entertainment or the education or whatever they're getting from the video, is it gonna gonna take them out of that moment or not? Is it gonna right. or is it gonna be slow enough pace that it's boring them and then they wanna click away? What experience mm-hmm. are they getting? They're not really thinking about how cool you are. No, they're not. And
1: and you know what? The person that's gonna like nitpick every little thing that you say, that person's gonna find something wrong with your video no matter what. Yep. And so like, don't even worry about that person. They're not worth your time. Uh, It's funny because the video yesterday that I said I didn't love the edit, Mm -hmm. um, or at least I just felt like it was rushed. I just didn't have enough time. Uh, There was a spot in the video where I said the wrong thing. It wasn't a big deal. Like I, I used a word that was the wrong word. And I was like, and I caught myself immediately. And then I was like, it, no, I mean this. And it's like, and I said, I should know better. And I laughed at myself about it. Right. And I kind of made it into a little joke. It was my wife's favorite part of the whole video. Yeah. It was like the most endearing part, like where I was a human being that they could connect with. You're not some actor on screen that the, you shouldn't be the trying to be an actor that people idolize. You should be trying to be a person that they connect with. I think that's what YouTube is. Like if you can be relatable.
0: And you just, what you did there was you were relatable. You were funny. I wish we could share the actual example. We can't because it's a secret channel, but it was so many things in one. It was like, it was kind of relatable. It was endearing and it was funny and it was a mistake.
1: It was completely unscripted. Yes. If I had just like repeated that 14 times to get it just right, Like, it never would have been as good. No. It happened organically because it was me. That's my humor. That's what I do.
0: Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you can plan a joke.
1: Yeah. But it's it's
0: great if you get in this habit of unscripted videos, Mm -hmm. then jokes are going to happen more often or just accidents that you can play off and make a joke out of. Mm -hmm. And then it just lands way better than just putting on a show.
1: If you can get to the point where you can laugh at yourself on camera, you know that you're comfortable behind camera cool it takes a while for people to get there usually um because it i mean people get really self-conscious yeah when they're being recorded it's really normal it's it's kind of a form of public speaking and people are definitely afraid of public speaking you know but once you get to that point where you realize like oh huh, i just laughed at myself on camera when i made a mistake like you know you've kind of made it to a certain level yeah, i like that goal post yeah that's awesome
0: yeah. Editing. editing. (laughs) This one's so time-consuming.
1: It it, it is the most time-consuming part of this whole process. Uh, You know, the best way to simplify and to save the most time is to hire someone. But (laughs) (laughs) if you're doing this yourself, Um, I've had to do a lot of editing, right? And so, um, and I mean, you know too. But uh, a couple things that I found that really helped for me. One is like just clipping the video together. I, I know from the way I film, um, not everybody's going to be this way, but for me, when I film, if there's, uh, if there's ever a part I'm going to repeat in the video, like if I, I say it wrong or I just pause it, I'm just like, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And then I start again, you know, sometimes you'll hit a spot that's kind of tough and you'll have three or four kind of false starts. Well, if I get to one that I feel like is good, then I move on. Right. I don't try to come up with three or four really good ones and then save and then figure out, well, in editing, I'll find the best one. Mm. It's usually like, if I have one that I feel like is good enough, I'm done and I move on. Yeah. So I know the last one is the best one. So I actually clip my videos from end to beginning. I start at the end and work my way backwards. So I look at the audio and I see like, well, where's my first, where's the first time or rather the last time (laughs) before the end that I took a pause. And so then I start there and I listen to the end, make sure everything there sounds pretty clean. And then I put a cut right before it. And then I listen to the segment before it. And if the segment before it is all different than what came after it, then I can just get rid of the pause. It just means I just paused to gather my thoughts and then continued on, right? Yeah. Um, I can just get rid of the pause and put those two right together. But if I go to that previous section and I get to a part where oh, I heard that before in that later segment. Then I go to wherever it was that the repetition starts, and I cut it there. And I know that everything that comes after that, I just repeated. Yeah. So I can just remove that, and I don't have to listen to every cut of everything I I, I filmed. I just find the last time I said each thing, and then I put those together. Like, that's my first pass cut, and that takes... Um, Honestly, that's the part that probably takes me the longest. I know that's funny because for our editors, it's not the part that takes Mm -hmm. them the longest because they put a lot more effort into the edits. Um, I'm beyond that. I'm trying to keep it really simple. So especially on this channel, like I'm not doing anything super fancy. I'm using some, um, we use Final Cut for editing. So I'm using some add-ins from Pixel Film Studios that make it super easy. Like it does little animations for you. And we create the animation one time, update the color scheme to match what we want. And then I literally copy and paste it from one video to the next and just change the text or whatever that's in it.
0: And what was like, that process like of creating that animation?
1: It's usually pretty straightforward. So for every, um, every one of those add-ons will have a specific thing that it does. Uh, one of them that we have is like pointers. It's got lots of different little arrows that are different shapes. And you can play around with them. You can make them thicker or thinner, you know, you're like, well, I want one that just has like a basic curve to it mm-hmm. with an arrowhead at the end, but it's animated. So it, it draws mm-hmm. it and draws the little arrow and then it disappears later. Um, so I take that one, the shape that I want, and I put it on my timeline where I want it. And then I can resize it. I can move it around. I can change the orientation of it, change the, all that. Mm-hmm. And then I can change what color it is to match my branding. And then I point it at whatever I want to point it to. And so then the next video comes around and it's like copy and paste nice. and maybe I need to move the arrow a little bit, but like that's it.
0: Way faster. Yeah. And there's
1: same thing for a lot of different build-ins we have with text boxes and stuff. It's like these animations are fully created and you're just customizing the colors, the sizing, the timing of how they enter the screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can leave it all default and just change the colors. And then just adding in text in the boxes that they've already created with text. Like, it's it's super easy for all of us who aren't animators. But it can take 15 minutes or so to, like, get all those settings just how you want them. Mm-hmm. So once you've done that one time, like, just copy and paste it into another video. So what we've done is we created, like, a blank video. It's just got, like, the main video line is just, like, it's either blank or it's just, like, black, Right. Yeah. And then we take all these add-ons we create and we just copy them to that one project. And so we have this one project that's just full of all these other, these cool little things that are all in the right color scheme. And then you go find the one you want and grab it and copy and paste it to the project that you're in. So you never have to create anything more than once. It saves a ton of time. Yeah, Um, And, you know, beyond that, I mean, I know Cody does so much stuff. He does a lot of color grading and a lot of I've done very little of that. If I'm like, oh, this is kind of dark, I'll go in and kind of brighten it up a little bit. Um, Sometimes I'll play with the exposure a little bit. I might raise up the exposure, but then darken some of the shadows and stuff a little bit. So it gives it a little bit more dynamic contrast. It just looks a little bit nicer.
0: That's another thing. not very much. Yeah. We kind of have automated too. with, Uh at least, I know we do with several channels, this one, (laughs) and channel makers where we have the custom LUTs. Yeah. we We just put it on drop it in. And assuming our set and our lighting is consistent each time, it's going to work. If it's not, then you can't really do that so much, but that helps a lot.
1: Yeah. The more you can just like set up a setting and LUTs is a great way to do that. Like you take a LUT, a custom LUT, and you just, if you can just drop it on because it's already got the coloring and the exposure levels and everything just always right. Yeah. um, Or really close. Like you just drop it on and you move on. Um, and with audio, like I don't worry too much about like doing a lot with the audio to try to perfect it. Um, if there's spots where my audio is really peaking, I might drag the audio down, right in those spots. Mm -hmm. Um, and I try to get the volume up as much as I can without it peaking. Um, our microphones seem to record a little bit quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes uh, what I've been doing on this channel lately is I'll take the audio and I'll export it. Um, and in audition I'll go, um, run it through this multiband compressor that will kind of level it a little bit. Um, so it'll bring up the really quiet stuff and kind of bring down the really loud stuff and make it sound pretty good. And overall, the overall volume allows it to be louder without peaking, without getting that really annoying sound where it like kind of rumbles at the top. Yeah. Um, we don't want that, so. It makes a um, big difference, I always it, notice it. Does. It does. So uh, yeah, so that helps me to um, to get my volume louder uh, that's the biggest complaint i've ever had from people is like you know you guys are really quiet your videos are really quiet it's like okay i know but <laughs> it's an extra step final cut doesn't have great audio processing so it's an extra step to pull it out but i've been doing it on most of my videos on this channel and it's been i, th- I think a good thing
0: cool awesome those are really solid mm-hmm. tips for editing i think for every stage of editing you know the the rough uh, cut which for a lot of us is what's going to be the majority of what <laughs> we're gonna doing. Say
1: like for a long time that was the edit that we yes. did. You know, like even on income schools, like cut it together, upload, <laughs>
0: and that's okay. Get videos out there. I mean, do more if you can. Do some right. titles. Those finishing mm-hmm. touches will make a difference. Yes, but if it's between getting a video out or not getting a video out, right? Just do the basics and yeah. get good at the basics and get those systematized, and then you can have extra time to play around and make things right. more fancy yeah. or. You know, even if you want to be a little creative from video to video, if this sounds kind of boring to some of you, like, well, I don't want to do the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, this is an art to me. Like, let me, like, that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, make the boring stuff automatic so that you have more time for the art, if that's what you're into. exactly. Yeah, okay, post-publish, publishing, post-publish.
1: Yeah, you know, the first thing is, like, right away, take advantage of channel settings, the presets. Yeah. So, like, if there's certain tags you want in every video, if they're, our default settings, you want to say, like, my videos are always going to be in English United States. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm going to upload them and I want them to automatically be private. Uh, You know, here's the default um, description I want. Like, there's a bunch of those things that you can just say, always have it like this. (laughs) Yeah, And then that's the starting point. And then you can add a couple of sentences to the video description. If you want to add timestamps or if there's links to add, great. But other than that, like, Automate as much as possible.
0: Even the description, you can have pre-populated. Exactly. And then you can add something custom for each exactly. one so that there's one sentence yeah, and that's, and that's unique. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah.
1: there's the parts that are like, oh, I want this in every video. Have that, like, and now, make it now. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then just put it in the default settings. Mm-hmm. Um, Same thing with, like, end screen. So I've been playing around on this channel. Most of my videos on the end screen, I just made kind of a white screen and I put text up um, we can talk about a little bit more about why I tried this in, in another episode, but, okay. um, but I just put some text up saying like, you know, here's a, um, a related video and then a video I liked. Those are the two text, And I just placed them in the right spot so that just to the right of them, I can have two, um, end screen videos, right. That that can point to other videos. And, uh, then every every time I click to create the end screen for a video, um, I just import it from the previous video because I'm doing the same thing basically cool. every time. And so I just import it from the last video and then I just swap out the videos that are there, but it's already placed in the right spots. So fast. Like just, again,
0: simplify, like automate as much as you can. And it's less like decision fatigue, right? You yeah, don't have to like think about, how am I going to do look this? Look good time. here, look good yeah. here. You just That's your template and that's what you're doing. And then you have more mental capacity to yep. think about making awesome videos. Yes. You're killing it. I can't wait to see what you have next week. This video, this video, this well, video first, if you're watching on YouTube, but this podcast was about, you know, minimizing the time spent so that you can stick with it and you can pump out a lot of content for anybody listening. Next week's episode is going to be about strategy because I know you don't want to get to the end of this. You know, if you're following along doing your own channel or, you know, even if you're not doing a challenge like this, but you're you're still making content. You don't want to get to the end of 50 videos and say, okay, well, I stuck with it. I made a lot of content, but it didn't work. I'm not getting as many views as Ricky, or nearly yeah. as many views as Ricky. I know that you also want content that's gonna that's gonna take off eventually. It's gonna do really yeah. well. And so this was all about like how to make it simple and how to systematize so you can stick with it and you can make that content. But next week we're gonna talk more about strategy. So hopefully you have both the quality and the quantity and then your channel will do really well because that's really all you need. Yep. So uh, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks Ricky.